Looking for a tabletop role-playing game that is easy enough for newbies, but has the deep campaign tools for even the most seasoned adventurers? Then check out Emberwind, the most fun you'll have questing with your friends, period. To start, head to emberwindgame.com and pick up a campaign book, which includes everything you need to start your quest, including pre-made heroes for you and your friends. Use the promo code HAPPYZEN at checkout to get a 10% discount off your entire order. And now, on to the show. Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. So are we going to talk about the fact that you're taking an extended vacation over the execution and rising of Christ? I'm wondering, are you finding a new way to really blow out this holiday or celebration or time of whatever people call it? And also, in this time that you're taking... Are you going to explore how this date moves every year? Look, as I think most people know, I am a huge uh, Easter file. I love Easter. I study Easter. I spend all my free time reading about Easter and watching Easter movies, playing Easter games, painting Easter paintings. Uh, So, yes, I've decided that for me, Easter should be eight days long. (laughs) Yeah, you, you're like making like a combination of like Hanukkah into like Passover into Easter. Or, or, I don't even know what those all are or how they work. But I think it was a mistake to have Good Friday and Easter Monday within you know three three days of each other. Well, to be fair, based on the book, Jesus would tell you it was a mistake too because you know the one day they fucking stuck him to a cross and he died, so he would probably tell you it was a mistake too. He's probably happy that it's that close. I mean, yeah, in I theory. Know. Uh, yeah, so I'm taking a week off because why not? All you folks with your religions, just take it easy. Secondly, um, best Twitter comment I saw the other day. And uh, yes, it's, it's still watching social media. And this is the Happy Zen podcast, by the way. Um, Holy shit. I'm sorry. That caught so, me off guard so much. Yeah. That you actually name checked our own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the first time you've done that. Possibly. So best Twitter or best tweet I saw was it was a question and maybe some people have seen this one. It was if you could send an anonymous message, text message to all the people on the planet at the same time, what would it say? And someone wrote, uh, you picked the right faith. I am real. And I hear you keep, keep doing well. And it was just like a, it was like a, a way to address everyone's belief and, and every religion. And the, the idea behind it was that in doing so, I would watch mankind implode. <laughs> because all of a sudden, yeah. it's not I'm faith. right. Yeah, it's not you're faith not anymore. Right. No, I'm right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was basically, you're right. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. And I'm like, that is the most sinister thing, particularly leading into Easter. Um, most sinister thing I've seen written in a way that wasn't designed to be sinister. So I just really appreciated that. Well... Not at all related, maybe, but uh, we'll see. Uh, it is now, I don't know, what are we at? Week 50 XXX of oh, the... Shit. Uh, this is related, yeah. <laughs> of the pandemic. Armageddon. And uh, yeah, we're 
as you thoughtfully put it on wave three, four, five, depending on where you live and what time of day it is and who whole you want to listen to. Yeah, whole perspective on how you think. For some of you, it's wave one. I hope everything is going great down there, New Zealand, you sons of bitches. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so in in honor of that, or dishonor perhaps, uh, I thought it would be good. Actually, I should say we haven't actually done just you and I for, God, it's been over a month now. We, uh, we were lucky enough to have back-to-back-to-back guest episodes, which <laughs> we are thankful for. The fans did speak and we did reply. And sorry, we're still here, not just the guest. But they said, no. "Is there a way to cut out you two and only have a guest?" Which I still don't understand because in that reference, that means they still want to listen to this show, but not just us. I don't get it. The idea is good, but we're not. I just, I'm, I'm. The idea is us, bastards. That's it. So I don't understand how that works. The weird thing is the top three people that made that request were Steve, Jason, and Jason. So I think perhaps it's a little bias. They could have just they could have just asked. What I was getting to was allegedly there are people that have more free time on their hands. We are not necessarily those people. No. I guess I my weekends I find I have more downtime than I did before. But my week my weekdays are pretty much the same. Uh, so we thought this might be a good time to kind of go over and and since we haven't spoken with each other in quite a while, just kind of what we've been up to entertainment wise, what, what's been keeping us busy through this pandemic, what's been good, bad, maybe what you started and didn't like, maybe what you started and are raving about or that other people didn't like and you are enjoying. So that's a long way of saying welcome to the pandemic entertainment survival guide. 2021. I almost forgot what year it is. I love you. Going on way too long. What worries me about adding the year is that there's a 2022 of this conversation, and That's I right. I, and the way people are behaving, there very well could be a 2022 of this discussion. Um, yeah. I mean, anyways, I, I I do feel like end is in sight, and so we'd have a great conversation. That's not this, but we'll. Uh, We'll get there. So yeah, let, we'll put that on Front Street right now. We are absolutely, uh, I think, unless something significantly changes, we're done talking about the negative side of this because that's the everyday life. And I don't really want to spend the next hour, hour and a half talking about that. Turns out it wasn't helping. No, it was making things much worse. I actually enjoyed the episodes where we didn't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So breaking that routine was good for us. So, so with that being said, I think there actually has been a... I mean, let's be fair. The streaming services are doing wonderful at, at turning us into the products of the Wally uh, animated uh, movie where we will be floating around in pods because it's making it hard to not watch streaming services because it's it's quite good. <laughs> there's lots of options. There's lots of great stuff. Oh, the, yeah. The additions of Star into the Disney Channel all of a sudden just changed everything. Um, you know, we, we have forecasted a long time ago about the fact that the Fox catalog and all the other products that they owned and the acquisition of Fox. So what, what was going to happen with these products? Were we going to see them on the Disney plus? I mean, if I remember correctly, you felt like that was, they would never find a home on Disney plus because most of them were, you know, at least a rated R. Um, and lo and behold, they're there. Everything is there. So all the effort I spent uh, during, I don't know, like 
block two of the pandemic. I'm not sure how you all break it up. Everyone's different, but I was going through a run with the kids where they wanted to watch movies from the eighties and nineties to, to that they could like, or make fun of. So the, the predator and the, the running man and Terminator and such, they are all on star now. So all that effort, I went to find the damn things and now they're on my fingertips. Um, so, but anyways, we have the diehard trilogy. And I mean, that, that is where it stopped. If anyone. there was only three, that's yeah. right. So it stops there. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, there's, everything's there. It's great. Um, and it's, um, what I appreciate about star on the Disney service is unlike Amazon, it's, uh, you can navigate it and you can find things and the suggested searches are adequate. Um, not perfect. Netflix is still better, but it's certainly not Amazon, which is still in all this time, the stupidest AI for search and for, you know, uh, like shows or similar shows. It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same in the U.S., but it just the Canadian Amazon Prime video is just they just seem to have dumped everything in. And it's just unless it's something they've made or it's maybe they just recently added it. I find stuff all the time in the most random spots, random categories. I actually find the easiest thing to do is if you can find something you like and then go into what other people watched, because then you can actually at least get some sort of relevant content. I feel like the way Amazon links their shows is either the editing department or the sound department. It, they're linking it like in a way that I don't understand because you can't follow the thread. And it might have been the catering services. Like you just, there's nothing that makes the people that gave the fucking porta potties to the set. It's something like that because it makes Mega Shark should not be similar to anything that is produced and put on a large screen in Hollywood and the world. And it's similar to how, where's the link? There's no link. The link is that it's a product that you watch end of link. I mean, unless the similar content is more shark movies, you know, shark to puss three headed shark, six headed shark, wherever we're at now with headed sharks. Okay. But I agree. There's for no reason, unless you've been watching that kind of schlock, there have been times I have where that should be on the front page. So I agree with you. Unless maybe that company paid money. Like maybe that's it. Like maybe these companies are paying money to be on the front page of the Amazon. If that's, uh, the, if that's the case, that I'm disappointed with that. I hope that's not the case. But with all that being said, streaming services has offered us a wonderful opportunity to enjoy new and revisit some content. And I don't know about you, but I feel like it goes in waves. And what I mean by that is, You'll spend a period digesting some new stuff because it's either just been released or you stumbled across something that was been there and you've never watched it before. And you're so grateful that you started watching it. Prime example for me, Superstore. We finally watched Superstore. And you know what? I can't believe I waited that long to watch Superstore. And it was really, really damn good. Um, Enjoyed it quite a bit. A bit quirky at times, but it was great to see so much Canadian content in a show, by the way, that was an American-based show at NBC. So to see, you know, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Mark McKinney. Sorry, Mark McKinney from Kids Kids in the Hall. And then the girl that plays Dina from Belleville. And then there was a few other cast members in there that were Canadian. You know, Dina from Belleville. I'm the worst. People know this. And if if you're new to the show, congratulations. Now you know it. I'm the worst at remembering names. And then the ones I do remember, it makes no sense why I do. So I actually haven't seen it, 
but I, I will write this down. So you're, you're, you're giving it a thumbs very, up. It's very, very, very. And you will never walk into a Walmart or department store the same way ever again. <laughs> you just, it just, it's great. It's great. It's really is there, good. Is there another show similar that like same sort of vibe or, or format that it might be similar to? You know what? I'm struggling that someone's probably going to tell you that there is one they can, they can name it for me. I can't uh, off the top of my head. It really was a good sitcom. It was just a sitcom again, but it was a situational mm-hmm. sitcom inside of a store. So that's that was the premise. You barely had scenes outside of the store, barely. Um, and it wasn't like an office environment where like they were aware of the cameras. So that, that was the interesting part. They weren't aware of the camera. So it was, it was supposed to be like their day in the life type of thing um, through the function of the store. So the characters were good. A lot of the cast members, you are, would be unknowns, new or new or minimal experience. America Ferrera was kind of was the big pull. Um, and Mark McKinney, he was a big pull. And then uh, the Ben Ben Feldman, I think it was, was probably the other big pull. And other than that, there was a couple of guest appearances here and there. The, um, Howie Mandel guest on it once, actually, which was kind of quite oh. funny. And uh, at the very, I haven't seen the last season yet because they just finished it. It literally. The whole thing, series, the series finale, show finale, whatever you want to refer to it as, right, wrapped just up, just happened like last mm-hmm. week or the week before. So that will come to Netflix after the fact, or probably not though, because Peacock's out now, NBC's streamers out, right? So we might not get it. Um, but anyways, it was it was a great find for new. So you know that was that was one of the new shows. I think there was nothing else that jumps jumps off the top of my mind that we were binging as a family or wanting to watch and it was good family quality by the way like this is you could kids kids like seven eight could watch this it was fine mm-hmm. um so that was good uh and then and then there's also the digging into some classics so we were watching a shit ton of futurama because futurama is over on star and my god i forgot how good that show was uh yep. just ridiculous and so many episodes i forgot about that too mm-hmm yeah, so I think they of, had two waves, right? Because I think they had their first bunch of seasons, and they got canceled, and they came back again um, when they got much like Family Guy got repicked. So good, so too, yeah. Forgot how great that show was. So um, yeah. yeah, totally at the fingertips watching that. Uh, and then of course new content. I mean, Disney Plus has said, "Hey, remember Mar? Remember Marvel? Here we go!" And so we've had WandaVision. We've had now we've got uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on on route right now. A couple episodes into that, and then of course we got Loki coming, and they do have them spaced out in such a way where you're not sitting with a gap for too long. So that's quite nice. Which was the problem that we had originally when Disney Plus came out was that once that first season of like The Mandalorian was done, we were kind of like, well, now what do you do? Like if you have kids, it was fine because you had that Disney catalog. But I think with that addition of Star, and now that there's there is a season of something to watch pretty much nonstop. What's smart with the Marvel stuff is they've been doing. So with WandaVision, when it wrapped, then they had the following week, they did the kind of making of, and then the week after that was the new series. Yeah. So it's interesting how they did that. Um, What did you think of WandaVision? I, I, I loved it personally. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was hesitant at first with the, the premise of this, you know, trapped in show type mentality. And, and, and the, I guess my only, if I'm going to put it really quickly, my only thing is I wanted a little more revelation at the end, but then I had to remember that the function of these shows are like kickoffs for the next phase. 
these are these are all intricate pieces that are going to be woven in to serve as the starting point for the next phase of the of the MCU. So they're going to have a different role. They're not going to be in their entirety, you know, all self-encompassing with questions and answers to things. They're going to answer some things. They're going to leave us with some questions and they're going to leave us thirsting for more. And that was the premise. Like the idea of the multiverse of madness with Dr. Strange obviously was going to be big before, but then now it's, it's even bigger for me because now I want to hear under these linkages, we got the Scarlet Witch storyline. You got all these pieces that are storylines that are going to weave into something bigger. And of course we're all waiting for, are they weaving in because of mutants, right? Like, is this going to be the precipices of mutants? So, so that's always going to be fun. Right. Um, and so I, I appreciated it. I thought it was good. It was definitely what was special about it. I thought was it, we got a really deep dive into two characters that unless you were a real Marvel comic fan, particularly the Avengers, and you really were reading a lot of the books and stories over the years, you probably barely knew of these two characters, let alone the deep dive into their the relationship and the role they play within the universe, etc. So you got a deep dive into two characters. There's Marvel is doing a really interesting job, and I, I notice it probably even more with Falcon and Winter Soldier. But they're digging into social issues too, in a way that in these in these shows that are, you know, the pieces around mental health and grief, for example, and, and Wanda. But there's there's certainly more there than just that. That's the surface. Uh, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier, not to jump out, but I mean they they have not hesitated away from the race issues that exist in society, and that that didn't they did not hesitate in that, and they have really gone somewhere with that i was i was i'm I'm impressed for that way they didn't hesitate so and particularly from disney who i didn't think they would go that far and I, i'm glad to see it so I, I like that i like that about the show i mean they're extended movies they really are and there's a lot of space to play inside of it and get character growth and they're doing a good job with it and i loved seeing some of the cast that was given opportunity to have larger roles because this is the challenge you're going to have with a really big universe with a lot of characters that ultimately all have some significant roles to play at some point or another. So seeing the role Darcy got to play and um, Jimmy Woo got to play and like, you know, they are relatively significant in some capacity. So giving them some extra space here was really cool. I think that's Mm -hmm. a cool function of these shows that they can give other characters a little more runway to be of value. So if you get cast into a Marvel role and as a Hollywood actor, and you get a chance to be in a Marvel series, whether it's a show or movies, and even if the role doesn't seem overly significant, you know, you should be excited because there's if it's a Marvel character that existed inside of the the the, the books and, and the stories in any capacity, what you do realize is that they're gonna pay homage to the books and series where you're gonna come in and out, you're gonna play roles, and you're gonna wear that character for quite some time. You know, and hopefully you just don't well, get a yeah, character I mean, that dies quickly. You you could have, yeah, like you said, you could have a short a short tiny cameo and then that could lead into a relatively recurring character four years later let's, on a on a TV program or a different movie. Let's be fair, Agatha's gonna be pretty significant for a while. Right? And you know, old television would have taught us she would only be significant for the six you know however many episode run that we got with WandaVision. And then she was going to be irrelevant. Meanwhile, we watched her launch into a, a much larger atmosphere of a character by the end of the series, knowing she's going to be even more significant later on. And they even left us with the the faintness of she could be important for Wanda to stay good, you know, a quote unquote good, 
or important in that maybe Agatha isn't a bad character. It's just her application of what she was trying to do. Maybe her intentions were actually good, like good for a bigger pitch, bigger reason or bigger rationale, right? We don't know. There's a whole bunch to unpack there. And right now it's all speculation. So in wonderful fashion, they've just kept right up with the quality. And I mean, the quality of these shows, these are movies, man. These are movies. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say Marvel's been pretty good about layering their, um, what you would call a villain. I mean, you look at Loki for a perfect example. This guy is flip flop between good and bad over 10 years almost now. To a point where he's a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see them showing another side of, of Agatha as well. Uh, I enjoyed WandaVision. I do think maybe if I had to nitpick at all, I would say maybe like the first three. Oh yeah. Maybe the first three episodes could have been condensed a little bit. Like I, I, I understand what they were doing with the different generations, but I felt especially the first two that maybe drug on a bit too much. What I did like about that though, was because you got sort of comfortable with it being like, Oh, this is corny, blah, blah, blah. When it did do something weird, it was very much like a hardcore twilight zone episode. Like something was just not right. Like the, the, the choking episode, for example, yep. when he's yep. choking the dinner, it was very, very unnerving because you were, you, you were, you had gotten comfortable. Um, other than that, I think that show was great. The only other thing I picked out and then they actually explained it, uh, later on in an interview I read was the special effects were a little wonky in the final episode, but I did find that was mostly because of COVID. They had some issues getting uh, some of the special effects done the way they would have liked, which is fine. That's totally understandable. What I will say about Falcon and winter soldier, that definitely has a more cinematic look to it. And I would say if any of the movies that is probably thematically a good pickup off of like the winter soldier movie it's very much that same vibe it's grounded it's more spies and and that sort of thing which for me is great because that was my favorite of them and i enjoy the bucky character i enjoy the falcon character and as you said which i was not expecting the 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 race thing is something that they're bringing into it uh won't get into details really but just the fact that there is a uh uh, a, a, a black uh, super soldier or there was a black super soldier who was then put in jail to hide, to forget they didn't want hit it, it known. So that's an interesting kind of hiccup in the otherwise clean, uh, you know, the, the super soldier program and the, the U S military is supposed to be this pristine thing. And we don't, we do no wrong, but even in the winter soldier movie, you kind of see, Captain America kind of fighting with that where he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't just follow blindly. They're not a hundred. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's a hundred percent doing the right thing. And I think that's where they're going with this as well. Uh, I thought it was cool seeing uh, uh, George St. Pierre show up again as uh, Batroc the Leaper in the first uh, episode, but the, it's very cinematic that program. And that could be also because it, I think it's only six episodes. So I think, Maybe they're able to funnel more money into the episodes, whereas WandaVision was spread out a bit more. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's and, and the the six episode piece is. I appreciate it because I felt like it's going to be quicker to the punch than WandaVision, and I share your part in reflection. I can say the first couple episodes felt slow, but I also think there was an awareness that this was the first new product in a while. 
people are going to come to it anyways. And they wanted to set the tone of doing something different. So I think I'm glad they embraced it and didn't half ass it. Like they, they went all in. This is this important to the structure. We're doing this to set a feeling and a comfort for you that is shared with what you're witnessing. And so when it becomes disruptive, it's significant when it's disruptive. And, mm-hmm. and it did. And then you would then, they were training us to watch for things more than we've ever watched before. And we were, right? Mm-hmm. And how many people stuck around for the first two or three episodes? What the first three three episodes, I think it was, uh, until they got to the 2000s when you were waiting for that post-credit scene. And then it wasn't until the time period caught up to where we are today that you got the post-credit scene, which was symbolic of what you see, what we got in the, so it was, it was when all. When it would have actually happened in the Marvel yeah. movies. So yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff, I'm like, just like those little details. There was tons of that stuff. And so it's like, this was the training exercise to build up our capacity to be better at really digging in. Like they're, they're taking our nerddom and our geek geekdom to a whole new level going, look, you think you guys know what you're digging for? You think you can spot all these Easter eggs and you can do all this stuff on the internet to predict and blah, blah, blah. You ain't seen shit yet. And they are really pushing the boundaries on that. Because even like you said, with the, the, in the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, like all of a sudden they showed us the, the black super soldier who was a Captain America after Cap disappeared. And it's like, were you going there? And then, and they went there and they played out some of the bigger pieces around how that treatment happened. And then like, it's, it's a reminder of the system itself isn't perfect. And it was capitalizing off the, the pieces that we've seen. So, I mean, I just, honestly, like I just, I can't say Loki's going to be amazing. Like I just, mm-hmm. I, I feel what I worry about for all of them. And we've said this probably since the first Marvel property we've ever watched. It's like, how do you keep elevating the bar? Or continuing to, at the very least, meet it, right? And how do you continue to keep going in that trajectory? Like, inevitably, you're going to hit the sun. That's what you think. But so far, all they've proven to us is the sun's a lot further away than you think, and we got a long way to get there. Yeah, it's uh, so far so good. I I, I can't uh, complain. Now, you mentioned some programs maybe that, uh, now that we've had a bit more free time, that we'll be able to go, on, go back to that have been out for a while. I think for me, the big one for that was on Netflix. It uh, it actually been reviewed or uh, recommended to me a few times. It was The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Which, which is, uh, I think, a 10-part uh, season. And I, I watched the first episode just on a whim. I don't know. I, was, I don't know what I, what I was doing at that time. And I got hooked on that program. And I cannot wait to watch the, uh, the follow-up, the... Uh, was it the Bly Manor one? But there's so much. I mean, yes, it's it's essentially it's a ghost story. It's a mystery, a little bit of a thriller. But the way that they write that show and, and how things tie together and how things come back, it's a very, very well-written show. And the director did um, the, the, the Shining sequel, the Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Uh, and he did uh, he did that show. And I, I enjoyed Dr. Sleep as well. So it's uh, The Haunting of Hill House was really good. And to see the the guy that played Elliot in E.T. as an adult, I haven't seen him. Well, actually, I saw him in Dr. Sleep. That was the only other time I've seen him. But he got he gets like a major part. I was like, good for him, man. Like you see all these child actors from the 80s that just disappear. Like it was cool to see him come back. But the cast is good. 
The writing is really good. There's one episode about three quarters of the way through that, like, literally, I was like, I think I said, holy shit out loud, because I was just like, it was crazy how, how things finally kind of wrapped around at the beginning of the uh, the season. So that one was one. And then for comfort food, I went back and started watching uh, Futurama like you. And uh, they've got the league on there now, which I have mostly on DVD. And I know nothing about football, care even less about fantasy football. But the cast on the league is fantastic. And I enjoy most of the episodes when they're not even dealing with football. It's just it's a it's a really good show. But again, a show that I would never have expected to see on Disney Plus. Uh, I mean, yes, they sort of segmented that stuff away and you can password protect it. But there is some stuff on that star category that I'm shocked made it to Disney plus. I'm glad I'm happy because it's exactly what we said. And the moment that came on, I signed up for the year because I knew at that point I was like that and the Marvel stuff. Once it, now that it's on regular rotation, I'm like, well, I might as well just get my year subscription out of this. Cause I, I can't see myself shutting it back off again anytime soon. No, it is given a very strong run to me considering you know, Amazon and Disney and Netflix are certainly all—I I would say three must-haves at this point. I mean, if because I I struggle to identify any one of them I could deviate from. There's just too much original content on Amazon, and I can knock it for its functionality. But the Jack Jack Ryan, the Nazi Hunters, the Carnival Rose, American Gods, Boys—yeah, I mean that's just—and I'm not even—we can sit here for like five minutes and run a list and say. They're just the original content alone, let alone some of the stuff they do pull in. Uh, you can't drop that. Netflix, honestly, like they, they're doing wonderful. I, I, I finally watched Skyline, uh, Beyond Skyline, and I'm about to watch Skyline, which Frank Grillo was the star of. Yeah, and it shows up as a. It's, Beyond it's a, Skyline's the second one, I think. No, it's a no, no. Beyond Skyline. Okay, maybe Beyond Skyline is the third one. Yeah, there's the first one, but it, the way I read it was you can start with Beyond Skyline and then do Skylines. Yeah. And and it seems to be making sense to me. Although yeah. when I watch Beyond Skyline, it jumps into it pretty quickly, um, which is fine because an alien movie like that, like you know, it's coming. So don't make it, mm-hmm. don't make me wait. Uh, don't Independence Day it. Uh, just get it done. And so I'm there. And then that movie's. I, I was surprised because one night I started watching it one night and was like him hard for 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm like, hey, look, it's all the sidekicks or like extras that we've seen in other movies i'm like this is the starring cast and you start to get a little hesitant but i'm like i like frank grillo and he's he's making a good mark right now so there's something here worthwhile so let's just stick it out um and then about 25 minutes in some of it's predictable sure but it was good it was good and there's some of it that did not see coming so i was really happy with that i'm gonna leave it because it's i'm not gonna spoil it because it's actually worth watching folks and so 20 minutes into it and then the night took got away from me and then so i put it back on going to bed and you know, late, I've been so busy lately, it's just falling asleep typically. So I didn't expect it. And there it was 1230 and I'm watching the end of it. Like I would yeah. not turn it off. I'm like, Oh, this is, I can't fall asleep. This is really good. Like I want to see what happens. And I'm like, that's good. I haven't had that in a while on a flick. That's, you know, not something I was anticipating. Right. And uh, I think it's a relatively low budget. Like for what they were able to I would do, say it, they have, you, it was pretty good. Yeah. You wouldn't think that because it looked good. It looked really good mm-hmm. for something that I expected to be, mediocre in budget let's put it that way so uh but then again it's a netflix original so you gotta you gotta give is it netflix original yes yeah, netflix original so you gotta give it some space you don't know what, mm-hmm. where that's gonna go so it was certainly good we did the planet of the apes trilogy the the new ones the dawn 
the rise and the f- the war. Yeah. Right. They're watching them in sequence. I have to give a lot more credit to the um, uh, sequencing they had and the accuracy. Cause I mean, they were spaced two to three years, roughly each of them. We watch them back to back. They like pick right up beautifully. Like they segue mm-hmm. beautifully into like each other. So we watch them in a weekend, all three together, two of them back to back and a uh, well, small break basically. But yeah, yeah. It, it, beautiful. It was beautiful. I, I could not, well, I could not get over how well they actually flowed into each other. And the whole conclusion of it all from start to finish was such a nice, neat package the way they did it actually um, in hindsight, watching it again. So that was, that was a revisit one that we, we well, yeah. And you it. get to see like the whole like arc of Caesar from yeah, essentially like a lab pet right through to, you know, you really were attached to, in watching them closer together as opposed to three years apart. You significantly could be invested in that character way better way mm-hmm. better and and i mean i know that there's no way they could have done it faster anyways but um i mean i mean james cameron is trying to do it faster with avatar but uh, secretly making all of them apparently to be released at once but no one gives a shit so <laughs> carrying on uh have you seen any uh speaking of movies has there been any other relatively new movies that you've watched that have been pretty good i'm literally Those opening been old stuff i'm literally opening the streaming service to say to myself what have i watched that I could say to you stands out as something new that I didn't think to watch. I mean, I'm lining up to watch um, the Mighty Ducks, the the new mm-hmm. Mighty Ducks game the, changers. The, the TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally want to watch that. Um, otherwise, though, I can't think of anything jumping off the page that I would say I'm so glad I watched that and it stuck with me. So we watched uh, Tenant probably about a month ago. Now, I had very low expectations. Uh, my wife is a big uh, Christopher Nolan fan and I'm hit or miss depends on, on the film, but I was, uh, we were both very uh, impressed with tenant, like, especially because the reviews were kind of mixed. I loved it. And I was actually what it, what it really did for me was it really sold me on. And now his name is gone right out one ear and out the other. Um, Patson. Who's the guy that's yeah. Robert Patson. I saw him in this movie and I thought, you know what? I can see him as Batman now. Like, I hadn't seen him in a lot, but he really he really sold me in in Tenant. He's really good in that movie. And so is um oh my god, what is it um is it Denzel Washington's son, I think is the other is the lead. Anyways, the the cast is really good in the movie, but the I mean it's again, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. You kind of have to really pay attention to it and and it is one where like I think if I watch it a second time, it'll be really interesting, but how it plays with time and and going forward and backwards through time and that sort of thing it's it's really neat and going into it not knowing anything about it is actually i think probably helpful because it, it i don't know it was a good one for sure i thought john anyways. john david washington yeah 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 denzel washington's son yeah okay yeah and then the other one that we just wrapped up last night was Zack snyder's justice league all oh, four you- hours and Two minutes of it. You watched it, eh? So you 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 broke you broke down and got WB or, or how are you getting this? Uh, Crave. Hmm. It's on Crave in Canada. So going into it, I was probably on paper a, a Justice League def- uh, apologist, I guess. Apologist. And my wife is. I mean, I was somebody that stuck up for that original movie, like stuck up for it relatively. 
And my wife was a big uh, Zack Snyder fan. She enjoyed more of like the Batman uh, v Superman, that sort of thing. The first hour of that program, there was so much story explanation and exposition that I could not figure out how I had any idea what actually happened in the theatrical cut of that movie. There's so much information in that movie, in, in the, the four-hour version, and it's so different. It's like watching the special edition of Star Wars, except 90% of it is stuff they've added to it. It's it's crazy how much they've added to that movie. It, it definitely... So I, I, I said to my wife, I said, I think for me it went from... I think it went from a five to an eight. It's not the best superhero movie, but it's significantly better than the theatrical cut that we got uh, a couple years back for sure. I I think it gives all the characters a lot more time to play. You get a lot more, like they really cut a lot of the flash and cyborg out of the theatrical cut. And they brought a lot of that back in this. So I think they all kind of get equal footing on the team. Whereas before it was really Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. And then the other two were kind of pushed to the back. So it was really neat to see them all have important parts throughout the movie. The fact that Darkseid is essentially the villain and isn't even in the theatrical cut is kind of mind blowing. And then just the um, the the Superman stuff is it's just, it's so much different. And then there's characters they put in that this movie that weren't even in the theatrical cut at all. So I would definitely say if you are if you're a fan of the recent run of DC movies, if you're a fan of comic book movies, I do think it's worth seeing. It, it is split up in a parts it's one movie it's four hours long but each part is like an hour so you could watch it in chunks and they kind of i could see that they were thinking about maybe releasing it as a mini series or something and then they decided just to clump it all together so at least there are breaks where you could easily stop it for the night if it was too long i do definitely recommend watching it i see now you can watch it in black and white i do not think that is a recommended thing to do or necessary in any way but i do think it's worth seeing if you can watch it uh the, the Zack Snyder's cut of it. Yeah. So the, the black and white, is this them totally realizing they missed the mark the first time by not having Snyder, like waiting for Snyder to be able to finish it. So now they're just trying to cash in to make up for the money that they should have made on the first one. I don't I feel, know. I, I feel weird, like it's slightly greedy. There is this weird thing where, um, they did this with Mad Max Fury road too, where there was a black and white version of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see the, uh, the appeal myself necessarily i think it's maybe a director's quote vision thing they're like well i in my head i saw this in black and white but i don't know i think the color version was just fine i i, I struggle with another ten dollars a month just to watch justice league oh yeah no i mean if you don't have it already i could see that i would um and i know there's a lot of other stuff you can get in the package i guess you could say but uh, it's getting to the point where, and we've had this conversation before. How do you determine where to draw the line? Yeah, it's cable all over again. You're just paying for streaming services instead of channels or channel packages. Yeah, and way worse because you're picking from one provider than another, so you're not getting any deals by lumping or clumping anything together, yeah. right? And then it's getting to the point too, which is I almost want to villainize villainize these fuckers because they are really proprietor on content and so you're limited like it used to be streaming was you can kind of get stuff that was available in multiple places now they're getting really good at like you can only get it here and Mm -hmm. and it's like really with a fine-tooth comb like they're going through stuff now right 
Yeah, and that's what happens too. And now these production companies like Warner Brothers or or what have you, they start their own streaming service and they pull all their content out and put it just on their own. But you know, hey, listen, I I said before, I wasn't against losing the movie theaters. I, I still stand by that. I'm not necessarily against it, but part of me recognizes that the movie theaters allow for the opportunity for me to see a Justice League like that. Right, a um, one-off kind of thing. Yeah, where I don't have to pay 10 bucks a month for this other service to watch it. So, you know, I, I certainly, as much as I can see it going, maybe I'm not saving as much by it going as I thought. Maybe I actually going to be in a position now where to get content, it's going to cost me more than it did before because I got to buy the whole damn package to watch one thing. Whereas, okay, so the trip to the movies is 40 bucks, and you could say that's four months of that service, but... I got what I wanted, specifically when I wanted it, and then I don't have to worry about all the other stuff that I'm not using and try to find time to use it, which then max takes time away from other stuff. So the fact is, you just get what you want. You pay for the service. You pay for the thing you want to uh, you know, see or participate and be entertained by, and then you move on. Um, I'm starting to think there's a little bit of value to that. And if you go to a good theater, in theory, you're getting the best or close to the best visual and audio experience of that thing that you could get. So yes, there are shitty theaters you can, you know, go to that'll be garbage, but you do have that benefit as well as a, you know, a perk, especially if you live in a place that doesn't have, you know, if you don't have a big TV or you don't have good sound or whatever, that could be, you know, part of the the selling feature as well. Yeah. Be limiting, right? Yeah. Mm. So no. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's kind of hit on the market. I mean, but the change is season and we've been fortunate. The weather in Ontario has been pretty decent, moving pretty quickly. So getting outside a lot more, that's been, that's been nice as well. Uh, not really going anywhere far or unfamiliar, but when the snow melts and the colors go from gray to a little bit of green and sunshine, it's like a whole new fucking world when you go for a walk. So it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gotten out too much yet i do want to get my i gotta get my bike tuned up and and start getting out there now we've had a few warm days but then i saw that now we might get flurries and freezing temperature i don't know i can't follow the weather anymore i haven't been outside too much i'll I'll say that i'm bad for that yeah it becomes very easy not to though right so at the beginning of the year i decided that i wanted to read more because i really wasn't reading at all so I did pick up an Amazon Fire tablet, uh, and I got, I've got like the um, the OverDrive app for the library and Hoopla, and Prime Reading because I've got my Prime subscription, and Comicsology. So I'm reading a lot of comics on the tablet. Uh, I just read most of the recent Thor run, and I've started the Dark Tower series, the Stephen King uh, series. I think there's. Uh, seven or eight books in that i'm three three into it which i've heard is like jumping into the deep end for that because those are pretty there's a lot going on in those books especially the back half apparently they start to tie into a lot of his other books but i've been enjoying that so far and actually reading it from the library although this makes no sense to me physically you can only check out the book for 15 days yeah even though it's a digital file so it is sort of forcing me to read more often. If I own a book, I find that if I don't have that schedule, I could get halfway through the book and then just drop it or forget it. So I'm getting a lot of reading done, which I guess is good. 
but I do find the tablets are quite handy. I think it's a little, it's, a, it's the eight inch tablet. It's yep. a little small for comics. I probably might've gone with the 10 inch if I was going to focus more on comics or magazines, but it's perfect size for reading books. That's good. I, I set a goal out to try to read more. And then I decided to go back to school for a couple of classes uh, through my work. And uh, I read plenty because all university seems to be is book reports. So that's fair. Now, with the books that you have to read for university, are they are they digital or do you actually have to have paper copies? Or so hard copies? Uh, half and half. So they gave two books per course and one was a hard copy and one was a digital. And I got to admit, if that's what they're doing, um, the digital is a lot easier to work once you get used to it. And then also the fact that it was like $14 instead of 147. Yeah. I do remember like that being a big deal in college for sure. Yeah. The books were crazy priced. Now, do you read on the computer for that or do you read on like a tablet? For me, yours is sort of a tablet, right? Yeah, I lock myself in the office though and read. I have a desktop computer now as well, so I had to upgrade services at home. So yeah, I just uh, I'll read off the desktop. It makes me read. I I I honestly I do enjoy reading, but I just don't. I read boring crap. I don't read entertaining things like you. So I read stuff about politics and biographies. So I got a few books for Christmas sitting up on the shelf. Let's put it that way. I got Obama's book. I've got couple other interesting ones i want to read so i have a one where they're all the former premiers since the 1950s are interviewed by steve pakin so yeah real canadian nerd there hey man biographies are they can be entertaining i do i have uh i gotta get i gotta get this bad boy broken out i've got uh, total recall total recall my unbelievably true life story the arnold biography how do you read that without it being his accent the whole time Oh, I know. It's going to be impossible. I do hope there's an audio book and I hope it's read by him. Oh, be I don't. Phenomenal. I don't. I'd be like, what the hell did you just say? I don't even know where I got that from. I found it somewhere cheap. Um, what about, uh, I mean, I know you don't have a lot of free time. Are you playing any games at all? Like, have you devi- deviated from League of Legends at all? Or are you still doing that? Deviated. <laughs> um, oh, God, it's killing him. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it anymore. I still play it. It's not fun anymore. It's not really like what I mean by that is the addictive quality that was in it isn't addictive anymore. And I can't even name what it was anymore. I think there was a thrill of competition. I completely get that there are marks and elements at times in that game where you're like, okay, the game's either going to go one way or the other. And if it hasn't gone that way by this point, there's not a lot you can do. So, and to be fair, the game's been around for like what, eight, 10 years. The amount of people that have you clearly that play that game at a high level that open multiple accounts to just stomp on people that are at a lesser level is very high. It's a lot of people. And I knew it was, but I didn't know how much it was because the ability to move yourself out, it's like basically people that paid for played for three years plus, maybe four years plus can move out of low ranks. And if you played less than three years, I really don't think you can. Like it's just an absolute investment of time. And and then you're always got that wild card of the fact is maybe you're doing what you need to do. There's four other people on your team that aren't. So you're, and even if one doesn't really fucking hard to handle getting through that as a victory. Like I've had games where, you know, 21 wins in a row, you should easily be climbing, but because for some reason, other the algorithm and metrics, I'm getting very limited gains. And then all of a sudden that 21 win streak becomes like a 14 loss. And then I would go read up and find out that the, the, MMR, which is the metric for how you gain and lose points in your rank system. Well, a losing streak of 
you know, five basically just kicks the shit out of you. And it takes a winning streak of 10 to correct that. And I'm like, well, that sounds accurate. Let you have it structured that way. And then it turns out even a losing streak of three is detrimental. But the only way to break that is a winning streak of 10. So the winning streak of 10 is the number. I'm like, 10. Have you looked at your player base? You need to revisit this motherfucking algorithm because it is a mess. So when I dove into understanding that, I lost all care of the game and I lost all respect for Riot and I lost all respect for how they did do it. I go to the point where I just don't give a shit. So uh, I occasionally play, but what I find myself now is about five to seven minutes into the match. I don't want to be playing it anymore. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm like, nah, I don't really want to do this anymore. And I'm like, I would quit except there's penalties. So penalties to the point where the next, <laughs> the next time I go to go into it, it's like a uh, 20 minute wait time. Cause I quit. I'm like, uh, that's fucking retarded. I'm not going to wait 20 minutes. So then I just, yeah, whatever. I'm not invested in it. I am really want to go back to play older. After our series of uh, on the Nintendo and Super Nintendo and stuff, I really want to go back to old video games and I want to find emulators. I want to take the time to understand operating an emulator and the downloads because I just, I forget how that functions. And, and I want to, yeah. uh, I want to do that because one, I think our older video games were, way more entertaining they're challenging in a fun way and uh i'm really not inclined to jump on some of these massive titles that are you know modern in terms of role-playing or you know open world type thing i'm just i don't have the time for that i can pick pick up a 8-bit or 16-bit game enjoy it get some nostalgic time it's it's relaxing um and i can not put a lot of care into what happens with it and use it as that downtime uh, but also not spend a long period of time on it. So that's kind of where I'm at. So you? Yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of these modern games are very much like um, what they call like a software as a service. You you buy into it and it's just, you well, like with like League, right? Like you're just constantly grinding and grinding and grinding. Um, and grinding is the word, eh? Because you're just not, it's not, they tell you it's like sharpening on a stone. No, it's not. It's grinding me into oblivion and death. There's nothing about that that's positive. I hate myself when I start it, and I hate myself more when I'm done. It's the worst yeah. experience. I I have written in in the end of the every match, right? Like you can comment about other players and stuff. There's a spot, a spot to report bugs. I report bugs that their program is mind-altering fuckery. Like I send stuff to them all the time on after a match saying to myself, like and I, I write. I don't even know why I'm writing this. I just need to vent my hatred that I still play this game, knowing all I know about you and how you run all of this. I hate the existence of what you created and this drug I cannot unuse. So screw you. Anybody on the other end of this? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> screw you. I hate you. Queue up for the next match. Like it's just such a sequence. So bad. I. Uh... I realized that I had a huge backlog of games, so I am trying to start playing more of like the story-driven games that have a definitive end so that I can start burning through my my backlog. Uh, so in response to that, I then bought a PS5 and have not done any of that. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm The good news is with the PS5, I can play PS4 games, so some of that backlog is slowly getting chewed up. So yes, I, I did get a PS5. Uh, I finished Control, which was pretty fun. It was kind of like an action game. It was sort of X-Files-ish vibe to it. 
Uh, Astro's Playroom, which came with the PS5, was short and sweet, so I could tick that one off as well. Uh, oh, Battlefield or Battlefront Two. I I played through the single player campaign on that. I haven't played any of the multiplayer on it, right? But I played through the uh, the storyline on Battlefront Two, which was actually pretty good. Oh, and I'm playing Marvel's uh, Avengers right now. Is that which good? I the the campaign is good. I know that the after campaign stuff is apparently very grindy and repetitive. So I'm mostly just playing it for the campaign and the downloadable content that they've released since then so they have the main campaign where you're it's mostly focused around um the new ms marvel uh kamala khan and then the second one was the new hawkeye kate bishop and then the third one is the regular hawkeye but in the future where you run into uh future hulk i haven't got into that one yet but it uh, it looks pretty good the game is fun like it's it's sort of like if Diablo was a kind of over the shoulder viewpoint, all you're doing is beating guys up, finding loot, finding chests with loot. That's basically what it is. It's, it's just okay. beating up people and collecting loot and then leveling your, your skill level up. And then you have like a tree of, of powers that you can level up as you level up and you can get different equipment. Um, so it's sort of that idea, but I've, I've thought it's been, it's been pretty fun. Uh, other than that, I finally got around to playing the Doom remake from 2016. I finished that. But yeah, I haven't really burned through a lot of games that have endings lately. I'm trying to do more of that to actually finish some of my games. It's not helping that the PlayStation gives me free games every month. That's not, I wish they wouldn't do it, but I can't say no. Yeah. And then I get free games on the computer because the Epic Store gives you a free game like every week. So I'm playing games on there on the computer too. Okay, that's something I was thinking about too. Instead of playing, we're in this world where everything's online and multiplayer. I kind of want to mm-hmm. go back to some of the classic multiplayer games we could play online, like StarCraft, right. Command and Conquer, like the mm-hmm. you know those um, Age of Empires. Typically, catch a theme of what I enjoy to play. So yeah, um, yeah I, and I, I think to myself, I don't even take the time to figure out how to get to them, and I'm pretty sure they're probably all free because I think they're all mobile apps by now. Um, but the I don't know explore- Command and Conquer. They re- they did release like a remastered version that is the original Command and Conquers, and then maybe also the Red Alert ones as well, designed for modern computers, so you can play them without having too much trouble. But I, there might be free versions as well. I wouldn't be surprised. There's gotta be. Well, it's definitely on the EA site as I pull it up. Is Command and Conquer free? <laughs> <laughs> there might be a free version. A... I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh... we should we should play more stuff. We don't. Uh, we haven't really played a whole lot. No, no, and I, I for me, it's like new versus. Uh, wow, the remastered version. By the way, I'm just seeing this online right now. Holy crap! One, I can't believe what we used to play. Uh, two wow remastered like that, that had to be very simple it probably took like five more bits of technology hey they sharpened it up a little bit I don't a know. little bit yeah. holy crap <laughs> that's not a little bit that is not a little bit by the way so we'll break out some uh some warcraft 2 or something oh Find god to play that yeah <laughs> so yeah the remastered collection is not free but uh yeah 
the hard part is with video games now, and I find this just because there's just there's just so much. Like you just don't get a game anymore. It's a game and like yeah. six thousand fucking add-ons with all this other stuff. It's like, is this too much? Like, let me just buy it in a box. I don't need a physical box. I'm happy with just buying online. But just that's the thing. That's the thing I get. Don't don't just leave me. Yeah, I do. I do find that, and I always end up gravitating towards them, and it's a mistake. But there are so many games that just don't have endings. Like they're just you could play forever. Yeah. Like I, I was playing. Uh, there's one called Ark. Uh, ARK last night. <clears throat> I don't know. I got it free somewhere. And basically you get dropped off on an island that has dinosaurs on it. You're basically naked and it's just like, go. So you've got to like build tools and you got to like build like fires and like build huts and then kill dinosaurs and eat their, cook their meat on the fire. And I'm just like, this could take years to get it. It's basically Minecraft, like the same idea essentially. But with dinosaurs, I guess, and better graphics. But like it's Minecraft's the same thing. I wouldn't touch Minecraft with a ten foot pole because I can't see that being. There's no end to it. There's no. There's, you just play. I've forever. seen. I've seen the stuff my uh, my youngest does on Minecraft, which is insane. Like weeks of like equivalent of weeks of stuff to build out, and I'm like, it's cool. But when she's like, hey, let me show you something. And I'm standing there for three minutes for her to get to what she built because the thing she built so big, it takes her literally three minutes to get there. I'm thinking, this is huge. This is how many hours of bricks did you just lay? But I mean, I get it. It's a a virtual Lego, but still. I I guess if that's like your only game or maybe that and one or two others, but I just can't see the amount of games that are available to play. Who has the time to like focus on one for that long? I just, I can't see it. Yeah. I even feel like because there's so many, it makes me not interested. <laughs> like it actually takes me the other way where there's just too much. I can't get into this. So what I do find now, because there are so many opportunities for free, like legal free games. I can't think of the last time I bought a game because I mean, other than, you know, getting some free gifts, but the PlayStation gives you, one or two free games every month. Mm-hmm. I can get free games on the computer all the time. I, I can't play through them faster than I'm getting them. So I don't know. I don't know how they make money. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm paying for a subscription for PlayStation Plus. I guess that's some money, but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. And then you you do feel like you win on that. I even know when I look at my my daughter and and the games she gets, the amount of games she gets. I keep a running tally, and typically within the first two months, you it's paid for itself. It's, well, it's yeah, in two months think... you've already got product worth of what you paid and more, and you still have ten more months to go. And then I think like this year and maybe last year too, they're doing like uh I think it's tied in with the COVID thing. Like it's a game uh, a gaming event where they're giving you a, a bunch of free games. Like they gave I think Ratchet and Clank was a free one. Uh Horizon Zero Dawn, I think, is gonna be free. There's a bunch of indie games that were free. I don't know. I just, I don't see the purpose of buying a game unless it's, I think now at our age too, it's like, well, unless a friend is playing, then I have no interest in getting it. If I've, if I've already got something to play, unless I've got a group of people that are willing to play with me, then why bother? Yeah. And by the way, $49 for Starcraft, you're out of your mind, EA. Is that for the first Starcraft or is that a remaster? It's, well, there's no option for the first one. All right. Well, aside from D- 
digital stuff. Is there anything you're doing to keep yourself entertained that's not, you know, TV, movie, game? Yeah, I've been, I've been sort of thing? back into working out, working out religiously using uh, I'm actually following a uh, just try something to shape it up a little bit. I was getting bored with my workout routine. So I couldn't stick to a diet because of the fact that routine was boring. I know it sounds weird people, mm-hmm. but diet isn't hard for me. I can eat the same thing every day in and out. It's not a problem. If I felt like my routine warranted me to fuel it correctly. So when the the workout becomes mundane or just I don't feel like attached to it then the diet just doesn't feel sticky. I don't I won't stick to it. So, so I changed things up a little bit and I'm actually rolling with a, uh, um, Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa routine. So, cause he follows a, it's all based on calories like everybody, but so he's a very, yeah. he's a very flexible diet cause he includes Guinness in his day every day, multiple Guinnesses actually. <laughs> so, you know, it takes the 15 grams of carbs and the, I think 170 calories of Guinnesses or something like that. And he includes that into his, his nutrition while he eats his lean meats and stuff and veg. So I've been kind of following that a little bit and it's hilarious because as soon as I put beer back in my diet, I thought for sure it wasn't going to help me lost seven pounds in the first two days. Um, just be more liberal religious with, uh, the diet and I copied his routine, which is stupid, um, because he has, I think attention deficit disorder or something, cause he doesn't like working out in the gym. So he has to have these impactful type workouts that, uh, allow him to go live his life as the, you know, caveman hippie that he is. So for me, it's good for time. So I'm like, all right, these are only half hour workouts. They can't be the worst thing in the world. And it's all light weights. So I'm like, all right, lighter weights, the compound movements. This is cool. And I finished the first one and I wanted to figure out where his house was and kill him. So, um, just saying Momoa. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, one, I'm not going to find out where his house is. And two, I'm clearly not going to kill that man. He'll kill me. Um, so he listens. He's a regular listener. Amazing. Well, if you are, you're an ass because, that AR7 program that you use is insane, by the way. He, uh, a, I saw him uh, in person, and he is a big friggin' guy. Like, which is also, I more, mean, you see it on TV, but yeah, which you, is, when you're beside him, he's huge. Which I think is impressive because considering that this program doesn't use heavy weights, so it doesn't use yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't like heavy weights. He doesn't like the feel of it, and also me being older, I know he's older. Uh, it's actually helpful not using the heavy weights. I've actually I'm getting the same pain and delayed on set muscle soreness that you are looking for to show growth and progress. I'm getting it. And I'm, I mean, a quarter of the weight I was using before. And I mean, that's a significant amount less. Um, cause I, I was really pushing some weights. And so my joints love it. Uh, it feels great. My body doesn't, it's like, it almost wants the heavier weight again because it's like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Uh, but it's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's a nice routine that's working. And particularly because so does he have that posted online or where you gotta you go dig that? you gotta dig it's actually not mm-hmm. in a really open one there's a lot of people that do the jason momoa version but you gotta dig and find it because it's not actually there's a couple of versions out there that have it as a whole body workout he does three days a week and it's actually not it it's it's broken into some muscle groups on um, over a five-day window so throw a couple of days of rest in there because you fucking need them uh, you're not doing five days straight it's insane so it's like um you're typically doing three to four exercises a day. That's it. And you'll do something like take flat, flat bench press for a set, for example. And what you're going to do is you're going to do seven reps and you take a, take a breath and you're going to count to seven and you do seven more reps and you're going to do that essentially seven times. So it's like a round of seven. So you get 49 reps in and you had 49 seconds of break in between you break for 30 seconds to a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. If the first time you're starting it like me, 
And then you can do the exact same process for a round of six. So six reps, six second break, six reps. And then you do a round of five. So you finish it. It's like 110 reps altogether when you set it. So there's no way you're using a lot of weight because you'll fucking die literally. Um, and so you do this and then that's, that is constituted as one exercise. And then you'll do basically two. If you feel, depending on what the, where you are with things, you maybe can get away with four. Um, and so that's, that's what you do. And you use a lot of body weight for that, which is actually quite smart considering that the repetition you're using in that. Um, yeah, it, it fucking hurts, man. It's insane. And I, I love how humbling it is. Cause you're taking like, you know, I had almost a 400 pound squat and I'm putting 95 pounds on the bar for squatting. And on the round of five, I'm like, Hmm, am I throwing up or blacking out? Not sure yet. Cause it might be both. And I'm like, that's insane. And it's, it's, it's just so fun. It's uh, I like that. And then you get it done in 30 minutes. So it's, you know, and you're not pushing yourself to the point where you're racing yourself. You're still Mm -hmm. controlling your reps and breathing accordingly and stuff like that. But you're coming out of it. Like you did one of those stupid CrossFit things for 30 minutes and you feel like that at the end of it. So I'm like, I'm getting what was most successful for me in that 30 minute window before previously, but without the wear and tear and the risk of bad form and all this shit, you're doing it in a way that, you know, it's not a race to get your reps in. So it just goes quick because of the structure. So it's great. It's great. It's and, and I actually kind of stick to his diet a little bit, which is kind of funny for if we nerd out for a second, like breakfast is, he's not a crazy protein fiend, which I kind of, my body appreciates because I normally eat like 300 grams of protein a day. That's a lot of fucking protein folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so it's breakfast is like two eggs. And then he does for me, what he does, he does a peanut butter and honey sandwiches and fruit. So I like a little bit more protein than that. So I do a couple eggs, some toast and jam and some fruit. I'm like, that's fucking great breakfast. Easy. It's throw it down. You feel good. Go have your workout. And then he just consumes meat and spinach and vegetables and then drinks Guinness with each meal. So I do it a little bit differently because I'm not going to drink in the middle of the day. Um, I'm not a Hollywood celebrity. So my, my, my takes a little bit different where I'll have a meal and, Instead of a Guinness, I might actually have some potatoes or I might have some carbs in, in case because he's using basically his carbohydrates is his Guinness. That's how he works it out. So he eats right. high protein, yeah. low fat, and then he uses his his carbs up on his Guinness, which makes sense. So, but what's interesting, what I, I find, you got to find the thing that works for you, right? First of all. So I like to be able to have a pint here and there and not feel like it's throwing me out of whack. So this is helpful. Um, I eat a lot of protein, so that's helpful. I eat a lot of vegetables, so that's helpful. Uh, and then the days I'm not drinking a pint, I just include rice or potatoes like I normally would. And so you're eating normal, like with your family. So it's, it's very simple and it keeps the meal structure down too, because it's the way the quantities work eating around your morning workout, it keeps you full. And then by eating mostly protein concentrated meals with some vegetables, it takes a while to digest. So you feel pretty comfortable full through the most of the day. So get the calories I want, but, um, also recognizing you really got to figure out, and I've done this for years, folks. So, I mean, I can nerd out in this forever. I've, I've done all kinds of diets over the years and, and playing with numbers and math and calories in, calories out is a thing, 100%. But it is still different for everybody. Like, you know, Matt and I, we could weigh exactly the same weight and we're going to have different calorie consumption. It doesn't matter. It's going to, you're going to burn calories different than I will. It doesn't matter what you do. We can do the same workout. You're still going to burn differently than me. So hey, your metabolism is going to be different, right? hundred percent. And there's, and I don't care any fucking Instagram feed tells you, you can't change that. It There's no fucking workout. There's no drink. There's no tea. There's no bullshit. You are who you are. It's your makeup, man. It's your DNA. It's that I have no hair and Matt does like that shit doesn't change. So this hair, this hair takes a lot of energy. Yeah. hundred percent. So whatever it boils down to like you're different. So 
2,500 calories for me and 2,500 calories for Matt. Although mathematically, like if I ate less than 25 and he ate less than 25, it worked. But this 25 do for me what it does for you. And the fact is, it's the same 2,500 calories, but our bodies just might use it differently. And the only way you're going to know that is by tracking and then watching and then figuring out. So the truth is, mm-hmm. I actually don't need as many calories as I mathematically, people would say you would. Like based on my energy, based on my workouts, based on my strength and everything, I probably should be like 3,500 calories. When I eat 3,500 calories, I start ballooning up like none other. I can do tons of cardio, doesn't matter. But I can still get all the same physical accomplishments at 2,500 calories and I don't balloon up, but I also don't lose weight. So the truth is that's where my comfort zone is. So then you work with that number, but you got to figure this shit out. There's no magic recipe and it's, it's, you got to put the time, you got to put the time in tracking, which kills people because it's tedious, even with labors, labels today and technology, it's so fucking easy, but it's still, people feel it's tedious and like, oh, I've got to write everything down that I eat. I'll never be successful. Well, you're right. You won't be successful if you don't write it down. I'm sorry. If you don't track it, it ain't going to work. I've done it a million times over. There's no fucking answer. So you just, anyways, long story short is found, found one that's a little bit more similar because he, he t- talks about how, uh, very openly how. Um, he actually takes way less calories to maintain and it doesn't take a lot for him to gain. So that's how his body functions. So a guy that big, six foot four, six foot five, couple hundred, like 240, is a big fucking dude. This guy runs around 2000 calories, maybe 2,500 calories roughly with all the activity he does. And he, that's the way he can stay lean. As soon as he hits like two, I think it was reading the article, like 2,900, not even 3000 calories. He's ballooning. Like not even a little yeah. bit, like it's like a five pound gain a week. And so that's how his body works. He knows where his, his threshold is. And it just reminded me to take the time to figure the fuck out where your threshold is and then work with it. Stop reading and doing the math and saying, that's where I should be. Cause the truth is you are where you are. And I mean, a guy that we've both read, um, Tim Ferriss talks about, I mean, that's how much time did he spend essentially experimenting on his body and trying yeah, you got all it. sorts of different things because you're, you're different. Every person is different. Yeah. And you just got to find so. and the best thing I learned. Will, Will Tennyson, if, if you want to watch a YouTube video, a fun kid and I call him a kid, he's, he's probably late twenties. Uh, so I guess it's technically a kid to us kids in he's in union, unionville, Mark, Markham area. And he's a YouTuber and he's a, he's a very jacked looking kid. He's all natural. Um, and, but he does, um, a lot of, a lot of video like vlogs and he'll talk mm-hmm. about diets and he'll talk about his routine. He'll talk about things like that and very basic, but he he's in the sense that he's very open to the fact that you got to do what works for you. Like he'll give you ideas around recipes. He gives ideas about food consumption, but at the end of the day, it's about calories and at the end of the days you want to monitor what you're eating and you should be able to adjust it. But at the same time you shouldn't suffer. So his whole thing is about how do you not suffer? And he was, you know, he was overweight himself as a teenager and he's a typical Canadian kid. I mean, he starts his day every day at Tim Hortons. He's a donut fiend. He puts them in when he can. And so, but he's like a human being. So it's like, and and he finds ways to adjust things and then still eat like a normal human being. And so, and he likes to share that experience with you. So for lots of different ideas on how to feel, still be normal and not be feeling like you have to go do a special diet that you can't be like normal bullshit. You can be normal. You just got to figure out what two questions I think is. What really is normal, first of all? Don't get hung up on what you think normal is. And then find out what normal is for you. But there's a way to enjoy lots of things that are out there. You don't have to, you know, put yourself in a space where you can't enjoy food. You can enjoy food. And I love food. So there's no way I don't want to enjoy it. I just want to, I just don't want to be suffering consequences for over enjoying. 
So that's like the reality you start facing when you get older, right? Oh, I mean, I don't think really your message has changed over the years. It's always been try what works for you and and stick with it. And if it doesn't work for you, try something different. There's so many different options available to you now. <laughs> so I was trying running. I was running again. Oh, I was running again. I was inspired by Chris Johnston. So, so Which Chris, at this age seems painful, but okay. It wasn't that bad, to be honest with you, sticking with it. And, and I'm still doing it, but not to the extent I was, unfortunately. Life has taken a curveball to me, and I'm a little bit too busy to find the time. I, I'm going to weave it back in. Definitely going to try to weave it back in. But I'm letting the workout take the priority, because for me, weights have always been a priority. Um, but anyways, I was running. I ran for about three weeks, three and a half weeks straight there every day. Every day, 5K. Wait, I didn't start at five. I worked up pretty quickly to 5K, but I used to do a lot of running. So getting to 5K wasn't the hardest thing. Um, but anyways, and it wasn't a pretty run by any means, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude. I'm like 230 pounds, so I don't run pretty. Um, picture a broken football rugby player. And I'm not really either one of those, but I run like one. So I feel like that's the bumper sticker right there. I yeah, don't yeah. run pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, but, but Johnston, our former uh, Sportsnet, our, our former guest and current Sportsnet, Sportsnet and uh, Hockey Night in Canada and senior editor and all that shit he is, the, the hockey dude. Um, he's been running for a year, if you haven't uh, been following him or checking him out, folks. He's been running every day of the pandemic, and he's up to like, he's, he's getting ready to do a marathon. 42 44 kilometers whatever it's ridiculous fucking that's a car drive um and he's working up and so like he has a running schedule and stuff and so now all of the network sportsnet and, and uh hockey night in canada and stuff are getting behind him because he's doing it for conquer covid he's gonna raise some dollars for it but he's been running every day of the pandemic and part of it really was actually to help deal with the the pandemic at large right the changes he took to work you know the work the, his whole structure turned upside down and what does this mean long term so a lot of stresses that people face and so he took to uh to running because he had run before in the past and of course like he lost some weight in running because he's running quite a bit um i think he's working until he's a lot averaging almost 11 kilometers a run i think at this point so you know okay. just doing his thing but uh if you see him he's gone back to like really being in shape again um but it's really cool that he used that as an outlet. And I, you know, I messaged him. We were, we were talking back and forth on it. And I said, you know, you really gave me a good idea to do something different. And so I, I started running when it was still shitty weather. I didn't wait for the good weather. I was running in February, which was shitty. Um, it was good. It felt really good, man. I can see why people like it. I mean, physically, yeah, it sucks. But you find your pace. You find your comfort. No one's out there watching. It's not gym class anymore. <laughs> so it's like you could do your own thing. Yeah. Uh, and you get it accomplished by the end of the, you know, your, your time, whatever it is, you come you feel fucking great for doing it. It does feel good. I don't feel I get as much health benefit from it. I mean, I know it's good for you, but, um, it isn't my cup of tea. So doing it's fine, but I like to do it as part of a bigger program. I never can do just it. And I certainly am not a, an 11 kilometer runner. So, uh, but anyways, with all that being said, if it's, a, if it's not your bag, but it's something you ever thought about trying, don't hesitate to try it. I mean, the way Zoom and your meetings are these days and not having travel, time does work. You can find it. Um, if it were, if you're not doing anything, you want to start doing something, give it a whirl. Even just start with walking like this and walk a lot of hills, man. Fuck, they, it really helps. It, the hills will lead you into running. That's for sure. When you run, though, don't run the same hills. God damn it. That'll kill you. Walk the hills and then run flat or run down. Like, give yourself a favor. You're not, again, don't judge yourself. There's no one judging you. So just try it. And uh, give it a whirl. I mean, fuck, follow Chris Johnson and see what he's been doing. Don't think where he is now. Remember a year ago he started this. So look back to his post a year ago and use that as your benchmark to start. Or try something different. 
I was just going to see. Okay, he, so he's at reporter Chris on Twitter. If you want to follow him on there, yeah, that's his uh, most. So he, no, I, I, he's on Instagram too, but I think his Twitter's way more active. Yeah, uh, no, I definitely saw that. So uh, that's that's really cool that he's raising that money as well. Um, I guess just before we wrap up, I'll, I'll say to uh, our last guest, Jason Anarchy, we had talked about he had a Kickstarter campaign. He hit five hundred percent funding. Five hundred percent. There's a return. Five hundred percent. Yeah. So congratulations, Jason, on that. That was uh, well done. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Unless you've got anything else. Oh I my god! Given- I just saw an announcement that is kind of significant. So one of my absolute oh. favorite movies of all time, um, mm. which is Knives Out. It's easily my top three. I have watched that yep. movie four times during COVID. Um, yep. Love it. Netflix just bought Knives Out 2 and 3 for $450 million. I did not know there was going to be a 3. I definitely knew that he was working on a, a sequel or like a, a follow-up to it, but I did not know a third. And I I mean, we have tons of conversation about that, but we're, we're wrapping the show. But I certainly think that's a lot of risk, folks, because 2 might work out, but 3 could be a push. Who knows, right? I mean... The recipe for Knives Out was amazing. Replicating it might lose its luster. Who knows? In this day and age, I take anything for chance because the stuff I see that gets converted into television shows like Jack Ryan, how is that going to be successful? Holy shit, it's addictive. So I'm just saying it could work. It could not work. We're going to find out. Well, there you go. Last recommendation was Knives Out. It's an oldie, but a good, well, not an oldie, what, last year? But uh, a very good movie. I think it's on Prime in Canada. I could be wrong. I, I know. Sure I know it's on one of the big three, which I think probably yeah. most of our audience has the big three, right? The yeah, Prime, Disney, and Google it or whatever. Yeah. It's worth seeing. It's very good. Well written. Well acted. All right. Uh, I think that just about does it. Uh, I think we've covered most of uh, what I had here, and it sounds like what you, what you're up to. So it's good to finally see you again. We'd actually gotten ahead of ourselves with our episodes for once, so we hadn't had to record for a while. That's so, your, uh, your your uh, your production team, or you. Uh. That, that's right, <laughs> me and my clones. You can uh, follow us at Happy Zen Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram, happyzen.com on the web, where you can get all our episodes and show information. Uh, there's a new page up there now, which has all of our uh, promo codes for all our various different uh, friends of the show. So it's definitely worth checking out. You can get a discount at uh, just about all of them and help support those guys. We're for the wise. Those promo codes help you and help our guests and they're, we, they don't help us. So if that's a reason for you to not do it, think about that. I want you helping our guests, working with our guests. They're all local businesses. They're all yeah, yeah. you know entrepreneurs. Help them. None of that's going to us. The discount they're offering to you is for you know listening to our show. And it's a chance for you to get deals on great products that are by, you know, local Canadian and North American entrepreneurs. So, you know, I, I just want to put that out there for you, just in case you're hesitant. Like, there's no way we're giving those two clowns any money. Don't worry, you're not. You're giving it to them, which is where it needs to be. That's right. We uh, we make no money. Never have. Never will. Certainly never will in this. <laughs> Uh, I will. I will last. Finally, uh, I know we're wrapping up here. We're doing a bad job of it, but I do want to say two of the Happy Zen Podcast's largest uh, fans, yeah, yeah, have uh, have been inspired by us uh, and our podcasting to do their own podcast. That's Jesse and Adam, and you should check them out. Uh, VideoFilmPodcast.com is the website. I 
believe they're on most of the streaming services or, or getting close to it. It's an interesting kind of uh, thing. It's two films that have a very not on the surface connection that Jesse has put together and they just discuss them. And uh, it's entertaining for all the reasons that I did not describe. Uh, there are so much else going on on these episodes. I do think by the time they hit episode 10, one of them might have murdered the other one. One of them might have died from a medical issue. There's a lot going on there. So uh, check it out. Videofilmpodcast.com. Jesse and Adam, they're friends of ours. Yeah, friends of ours. And if you find us even mildly entertaining, you certainly will enjoy their show. Uh, I just finished listening to the Desperado and what was it? Desperado and Evil Dead 2 episode, which was quite entertaining. Uh, yeah, they're doing a good job, guys. And shout out to you guys for doing a good job. And uh, careful, you're going to try to take our thunder. So we will have to figure out how we're going to rumble. But anyways, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for now. We'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Cheers.